Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Mailman Podcast. Today we have Will Pearson of Scalero. This is interesting because his company allows people to send a lot of emails. This is going to be an interesting conversation. Will, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And I know you want to control email and we want to send better emails. So I, you know, I don't think we're rivals. I think we have the same goals in mind here. <laughs> Absolutely. Will, um, before we go any further, why don't you just in a couple of minutes tell everybody what do you do? Yes. So I am the uh, co-founder of Scalero uh, and we are an email marketing company. Um, what do we do? Well, we really have two main business streams, uh, one of which is a consultancy. So we help brands manage their email program, whether that's helping them with email design, email coding, strategy. And then we also have our own web application. So for brands who need to improve their workflow and creating emails, if creating emails takes way too long, we've we've created a tool to help them uh, streamline that process and build better emails faster. Oh, interesting. So uh, what, do really, what do you really mean by email marketing? I mean, uh, you take off, uh, so, so you take over on their list and then you just try to achieve the goals that the company wants or is there something else to it? Yeah, that's, that's essentially it. Um, you know, we, we typically work with two types of clients. Uh, one is a, a growing startup uh, that has a, a list of subscribers, but they don't really have the team internally to understand how to reach out to them. So they don't have mm -hmm. email designs. They don't have necessarily a strong strategy. So we help them with that. And then our other types of clients are more uh, enterprise clients who have a lot of people on the marketing team, you know, let's say 10 to 50 people on the marketing team and everybody wants to have a say in email and things just get very messy and, and we help them uh, get organized and and work more efficiently and and send send more efficient uh, emails. Fantastic. So if I understand correctly, Scalero has both a service angle and a product angle. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay, so we'll circle back to Scalero. Uh, but I am very curious about what lead what led you to do Scalero. I think I was on your LinkedIn and I think you started in 2019. So what were you doing before 2019? Yes, uh, I began my career at Target uh, in Minneapolis at their headquarters um, and had a few roles there uh, within merchandising and, and operations. And I really kind of cut my teeth in understanding retail and how a big business should work. Um, but the key word there is big business and, and it was a little too big for me. And I, I wanted to try something smaller and entrepreneurial and, and within tech. Uh, and that led me to San Francisco where I joined uh, Vivino, the wine app. And at the time that I joined Vivino, we had about five or six million users uh, of the app, but uh, no revenue. And so part of my job was to uh, build out the uh, e-commerce business at Vivino uh, and start selling wine to those those users who were using the app. Had a lot of success doing that. It was a really fun ride. Uh, we launched in over a dozen countries. We were selling wine all over the world. And we were doing that mostly through email. Uh, so, you know, of all the different marketing tactics we tried, email was was the tried and true winner over and over. And so at Vivino, we, we used a variety of tools. Some were homegrown, some were external uh, to build emails. And no matter what we were doing, it was a frustrating process. So uh, my team was largely the wine buyers and the copywriters, and they're creating all the marketing materials for the emails. And we were working with a, 
uh, a CRM email team that was doing the segmentation and building the emails. And both sides were were overworked and frustrated and 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 in some pain. So okay. my now co-founder at Scalero was running CRM at Bovino, and we came together and thought, okay, if if Bovino is having this issue, then I know a lot of other companies have to be having that issue as well. And that's what really led to to us creating Scalero. Uh, so we're we're building these tools to help these large email teams like Bovino function better and more efficiently. Uh, and Vivino has been you know, one of our first and, and, and better customers as well. So we have built that tool for Vivino and you know, we're really just seeing a lot of interesting things in the email marketing space where companies want to send more emails and want to send better emails, but they often get in their own way. Uh, they don't know how to do it efficiently. So um, that's, that's really what we're trying to build here. Oh, fantastic. So um, if I understand it correctly, there was one channel which was working great at Vivino and uh, you got you partnered up with the uh, head of the CRM who was taking or uh, taking like who was uh, heading the CRM over there and you both of you partnered together and started Scalero to just scale up the exact same thing that you were doing at Vivino for everybody else uh, basically yeah basically I, I think we we realized that there were tools lacking uh, in the email marketing space and so Okay. Uh, we didn't, we couldn't find that tool to solve Avino's issue. So we, we went out and built it. Oh, this is interesting because I think I can, I can recall a dozen tools that claim to do some sort of email marketing. So what was it that you were not able to find? I mean, I would have assumed that the email marketing space is kind of saturated where there's a uh, hundred tools to do the exact same thing. So what, what was the requirement? Like, what was this, the unique thing that you could not find a tool for? Yeah, it's it's a good question. There are uh, hundreds of tools out there, and and you know, marketing automation in general is has been very hot for for many years now, and and that's not really the space that that we're trying to play in. We're 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 really focused on the workflow. Um, so what we found is when you have these larger marketing teams, and you have developers using their tools, you have designers using their own tools and you have email marketers using their own tools as well, it often creates uh, a lot of backlogs when when okay. they're trying to work together. So what we're really doing is trying to play in that middle ground. You know, we're not creating some crazy new technology. You know, we're really just creating some project management software for email that, that helps you scale. So it's a tool that all, all three of those functions can use together. Um, it, it, it's a source of truth for email, and then it stores all your emails and your email templates so that you can quickly reuse emails and and, and move fast to uh, to send additional emails. Oh, uh, so basically Scalero allows you to use a combination of tools. So some tools are existing. Scalero just acts like a glue between all those tools. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, we are, we're taking the best of some other tools, I'd say. Got it. Got <laughs> so it. we're not, not white labeling or anything. And, and, you know, of course we have competitors. There are, there are some companies doing pretty cool things. Uh, in this space, um, but you know we're we're competing up against them, and we think we have uh, some unique experience to uh, to to get into the market. Fantastic! This is very uh, interesting. Will so I want to understand now. Thinking from the other side, do you receive too many marketing emails? What do you do with them? I mean, uh, uh, where do you find the mental peace where you on one side? probably at your home, kind of do not like receiving those emails, but then um, during the day, you are helping other people send those emails. Like where do you, where do you find the balance in life? Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's always a tricky balance. You know, I, I am personally 
an inbox zero type of person. I, I always need my inbox to be clean and I, I need it to be uh, with zero unread, uh, which means I don't want a lot of brand emails that, that aren't relevant to me. Um, and that's really the key. Like it, I need to understand why I'm receiving this email and then I'm happy to receive it. If there's value I can get from it. So that's what we try to, to help our clients with as well. It's, it's not necessarily send more emails, but it's send better and more relevant emails. You know, a consumer should always understand why they're receiving it, uh, what action they've taken to receive this email. Um, and that's how I look at it for my personal life too. And, and I'm, I'm very quick to, to unsubscribe if I'm getting something that, you know, I didn't sign up for or that doesn't make sense to me on a personal level. And, and I would expect the same from our, our clients, subscribers, you know, they, they can be a, a tough group and you have to really send something interesting and relevant in order to break through all that noise. Got it. So uh, how, how do you make sure that the emails that are going out have good hygiene? I mean, um, I'm sure you must have learned some great practices when it comes to showing empathy while sending an email or just blasting out thousands of emails uh, without even thinking about the person at the receiving end. So uh, could you share some interesting hygiene or some lessons that you have learned when you do email marketing like that? Yes. Well, I think we always want to push as many automations as possible. Um, okay. You know, if you're if you're manually pushing out emails all the time, it's it's very hard to be relevant to your consumers. So automations and personalizations uh, are are key. One of the most successful emails that that we had at Bovino was an email that actually contained uh, an image uh, that that the user had taken in the Vivino app. So they had a bottle of wine in front of them. They took a picture of that wine. Then we sent an email and it had that picture in it as well. And it said, thanks for scanning. Here's another wine that we think, you know, you'll like that's even better than, than what you're drinking right now. So that's like the, that's the pinnacle right now. That's, that's, you know, as good as it can get in some cases to, to send something that personalized, but it's that type of quality that, you know, I think consumers will uh, are starting to expect, if not already, uh, in terms of personalization and, and understanding what types of emails they want. Oh, got it. Uh, uh, I'm sure when somebody opens up an email uh, which has something like this personalized at such level, it would work wonders. How do you make somebody open an email? I mean, sub when it comes to subject lines, do you test out various subject lines? Like, how do you really think out subject lines? Because subject lines should not be too creepy. As in you say too much, which is, which seems too personal to somebody, or it should not be too vague where uh, somebody just ignores it. So how do you really come up in between where it is personal enough, but again, uh, not creepy enough? Yeah. And you, you answered it, you know, within your own question there as about testing, okay. you know, I, I don't think anyone has the, the perfect answer. If you had an email campaign at, at, at mailman that you wanted us to run for you, I wouldn't say, oh, I have the perfect subject line. I'd say, let's okay. try out these three or four and then let's iterate from there and let's just keep keep fine tuning and making things better. You know, because what we'll see is not just, uh, you know, each consumer is different, but they're different mm -hmm. within different uh, regions of the world, of the country, how, how far in the life cycle they are with you. There's so many nuances here. So you just have to test and, and just continue to get better. And, and email is not really a... Uh, you can't put a bandaid on it. It's like a constant flow that you're you're working on and, and, and improving and you, you can never just forget about it or else, you know, your consumers will will feel like like you've forgotten about it. I see. 
Okay, so well, now we understand what does your business look like, what uh, what does your life look like, and um, so I'm sure you you need you need to be a lot creative. I'm not sure you, how how big of a team do you have, but do you still invest some of your time being creative with uh, probably some of your clients' projects? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our team is uh, we we have about ten full time people um, at Square okay. right now. Uh, we're 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 growing. But yeah, we're still small, so we still have our hands in, in everything. So my day is just full of multitasking. I, I have dozens of things I need to do, and maybe half of them are for clients, half of them are, or a third of them are for potential new clients, and then the rest of it is maybe operational or you know finances, closing the books, you know things like that. So these are creative tasks, analytical tasks, managerial tasks, you know, a little bit of everything. And, and it feels like every day I'm, I'm doing them all. You you have um, brought in a very interesting segue into my first question about your day, which is now you're multitasking throughout the day. So what does a typical day look like? Not the weekends, but a typical day, work day. Yeah, I have I have a four month old daughter uh, right now. And so okay. that, that, that dictates my morning for sure. So it was actually while I was on uh, a short paternity leave that I discovered mailman, by the way. And, and it was oh. perfect because I was up in the middle of the night, many nights. And because I love having an inbox to zero, I would start checking emails and realize that, you know, my brain is not in a good spot to be reading emails and answering emails. So mailman has helped me control, you know, when I'm oh. focused on email and when I'm not. So my mornings now are basically, I try to wake up before my daughter does to have a little bit of time to maybe work out or have a little bit of time for myself. And then I spend the first hour or so with her, try not to have any distractions from my phone. Sometimes they, they creep through. I see some Slack messages or some text messages from overnight, try to put those aside at least for the beginning of my day. And then we do a, a daily standup uh, at Scalero uh, at around okay. 9.30 uh, California time. And we have, we're all working, working remotely at the moment because of COVID, uh, but mm -hmm. we also have team in Mexico city. So the daily standup is a normal occurrence. And that's really how we get started and talk about, uh, what are we working on today? What's important. And then after that is, you know, I probably spend about an hour or so going through emails, getting my day organized, figuring out, okay. you know, what urgent messages need to be addressed right away uh, and what can be pushed out. And then after that, it's, it's kind of chaos from there. So my, my day will have some days, you know, I'll be full of client meetings. Some days I will okay. have a couple client meetings, a couple sales meetings, but it's, it's, it's very unpredictable after that. And I don't know with what client requests are coming in at any, at any point that might be urgent. So I'm, I'm just trying to stay organized as best I can while also staying flexible. But, you know, e each day is a totally different challenge and it's completely unknown, which is, which is very exciting, but obviously has its, uh, its downside too, in terms of, of stress and, and unknown. Oh, fantastic. So do you plan your day during that uh, daily standup key uh, that what is going to happen throughout the day? Or do you plan your day the day before? Or how do you really plan your day? I've planned it before the standup for sure. Okay. So I've, I always have my calendar open. I'm always looking at my calendar, figuring out, do I have blocks of time to work on client work or a sales process or do I not? So, you know, for example, tomorrow, I know I have meetings from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. straight. So I know tomorrow is not a good day for me to start client projects. Okay. So 
Okay. I'm, I'm at least a day ahead, hopefully more, thinking about how much time I will have to uh, to not be in meetings and work on, on projects. Uh, great. So how do you find time to be creative? I mean, do you think in terms of days or weeks when it comes to, hey, I need at least this much creative work done this week or maybe this day? Uh, how, how do you fit in that time? Yeah, I could I could use improvement on this. I would say um, okay. <laughs> I used to uh, I used to block, for example, three hours at a time on on Thursday afternoons, and that was kind of creative time where I would write write blogs for our website or okay. uh, create new content for the website. That time just kind of fell off because people kept scheduling meetings, and eventually I just I just erased it from the calendar. <laughs> but you know, I did find that was a pretty good technique, and I just it just got deprioritized. Uh, which is unfortunate. So I, I have to, if I find myself, you know, a few days in a row of being too busy, I will block that time. But I try to let it happen kind of organically too. Uh, and a lot of times it's happening when I'm not in front of the computer, right? I'm, I'm, I'm out for a run or I'm just upstairs relaxing and I have a quick thought and I uh, uh, send myself an email um, as a okay. reminder for that later. So it's it, it's a little bit organic, which which can cause problems too. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So I'm sure as you grow as a business, you'll start getting uh, lesser and lesser of the creative time because now you first you have more people to do that same stuff, and then now you have to you have different responsibilities because now you have clients that you have to cater to. So my question here is. What do you really enjoy more, uh, the creative work, deep work, focused work, or the work that you're doing right now, which is staying in touch with the clients, maybe getting new clients, sales? Like, uh, Do you like creative work more or maybe talking to people or being around people more? Yeah, um, I, I like them both. And I think I'm figuring okay. out, still still learning kind of what I'm best at, right? And trying to, trying to get better at both. I like the people aspect because all the client interactions I have, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn what they need so that we can we can solve that for them. So I can never take those for granted. When there is creative time though, that's also, you know, when I can apply that knowledge from the clients into something for the business, you know, and put something together that's going to help the business grow. So I have to focus on both, I think. And and over time, you know, we'll see. We'll see if uh, who else we bring on and what they're really good at. And and you know, I I'll get better at some pieces, I'm sure, and, and maybe want to focus on that. But I don't know. I I, I enjoy both right now, and and I think okay. both are still really important for us. Oh, uh, uh, very uh, interesting. So, well, now I know that you enjoy both of the creative as well as the people aspect. Uh, let me put another question where and and try to understand how do you find a balance between these two. So you have a four-year-old daughter which is fantastic by the way congratulations so how do you balance between your work which is a growing company and you uh, you have 10 people full-time people and then you have a daughter so how do you really balance uh, between work and life and uh, do you have a hard stop in your day where you say hey that's all for the day for the work and now i'm all for my family how, how does it work yes i'm I, i'm creating those boundaries uh as well so you know for example she has started to go to bed around 6 30 7 p.m and especially in these times of COVID where I get to work from home, I do set that boundary around five o'clock and say, okay, I can have an hour or two with her right now and I'm not going to work. And that's just important time to have. After she goes to bed and I have dinner with my wife, I sometimes have to get back on. There's there's just more work to be done. I don't have that accomplished feeling like I, I can go to bed relaxed. Um, okay. <laughs> so I do try to get some more work done at that point, but yeah, the, um, that, that morning stretch with her and then that evening stretch with her, I, I, I find to be really important and really nice for, 
my own mental health and then you know just of course spending time with family is to me is super important so yeah it's it, the boundaries are i'm learning the boundaries as i'm kind of okay. a new new father here but but i do believe they're very important and i want to continue to have those oh got it got it so basically i'm assuming that everybody at your work knows that probably not to disturb you after 5 p.m because you'll be with your family yeah it, i think so i don't know that i've said it out loud but i don't okay. i don't respond during that time right so maybe they've learned that they won't get a response from me till later or till the next day um <laughs> okay. after that time so that's uh yeah that might be it <laughs> good so so what i'm trying to understand is how how are you setting boundaries so do you tell people hey uh, i'm not available do you have auto responders on your inbox like how do you tell people that hey this is the boundary probably this is the great time to get in touch with you and this is probably not a good time to uh, get in touch with you or is mm-hmm. it just uh, basically you do not do something that's why they uh, understand in a couple of instances that uh, it might not be a great time yeah it's i, I don't know i guess i'm thinking about what i what i should be doing because i don't know that i'm i'm doing it right um so it's okay. a, it's a good question it's a thought thought provoking question for me yeah I, i haven't explicitly said i will not be available at this time um okay. mostly i just i close the laptop and i flip the phone over and and i don't see anything which you know it's just my way of of putting it putting it out there i i block the inbox uh through mailman for sure and the the slack messages that come through i just i don't see them until later so you know to me i i've been able to see that there are stretches where i can take time and 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 not focus on work and nothing breaks right the business doesn't doesn't go under because i yeah. ignored my phone for 2 hours you know it's it, everything everything lives on going forward so i i can just kind of put things away and and it'll be there when i when i need it oh i think i think it's a good start because as they say you're not looking at something it means it doesn't even exist i mean that that's a good start to start creating boundaries but f- uh, fantastic okay so my question is how do you stay productive i mean where when when your company is growing when you have a when you're a new father if i just assume if i were in your place i would be exhausted all day every day <laughs> how do you stay productive how do you stay creative is 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 uh, so you mentioned something about running is that something that keeps you productive or is there anything else to keep you productive like i said i am a i am an extreme multitasker um okay and that has its its benefits and its detriments i think i'm very flexible i can move on to different tasks very quickly but okay. i can also be distracted by by other tasks the way i do manage it uh is is through notion uh and here's okay. where i can share share my screen um sure 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 so maybe my request here would be for you guys just to like blur out the oh absolutely that we have so we have this uh project tracker uh at scolero okay. here and we have all of our tickets that are in progress for our different oh, clients wow. and i treat this as basically a to-do list um so i have my own view as well so right now i have you know 13 tickets at the moment uh some of which have a due date of tomorrow some are you know more in the future in a month or so and this this is partially my to-do list and i i check this you know 8 to 10 times per day and just see what kind of progress i've made uh towards completing these tickets uh how much time i've spent on them uh as a reference point um oh, wow. and you know this is my way to feel good at the end of the night that i've done what i need to do and that you know I my I'm not uh disappointing any clients and I'm not disappointing Scolero. You'll notice I we even have some tickets where the client is Scolero. Um oh, so it's yes. things that I believe, you know, I need to do for the company as well. 
to uh, to help us grow. So I, I put Scalero on that same list as a constant reminder that uh, there are things we need to do, not just for clients, but but for ourselves. So between the Notion tickets here and then my my email inbox, uh, I do mm-hmm. use uh, the Starred system in, in in Gmail. So if an email okay. comes through that that needs a response, uh, I will star it. I usually don't reply right away. And then uh, a few times a day, I will go into my inbox and I'll look at what's starred uh, and I'll, I'll reply to those emails or address those emails as I need to. So this is how I try to keep organized. It doesn't always work this way because then a, a Slack message comes through that, that yeah, needs to be yeah. answered right away and that's not covered in either of those systems. Uh, so it's definitely not a flawless system, but it's it's one that I've adopted here uh, to try to keep me on track. Interesting. And how how does how does an entry come into this notion? So somebody has to manually add something, or like, do you have integrations working with other systems that uh, automatically pulls it in? This is mostly manual right now, uh, where okay. somebody puts this in and assigns a ticket uh, to to somebody else or themselves. Okay. Working on, we have some integrations, but nothing really that useful at this stage. So it's 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 mostly manual uh, as work comes in or as we we create work. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, um, now I'm very interested in knowing. So how do you prioritize among this list? So is it based on what is more urgent that is that you do, or maybe what what is more uh, effective? Like what would make more impact in the business? Or that's that's what you prioritize. How do you prioritize tasks among this entire list? This is I think the master list. Um, how do you put something on your calendar from this list that this is for my this week or maybe for this day? When it comes to client work, you know emails are are very timely. You know, emails typically have a due date, right? We want to send yes. the newsletter on Thursday. So often the, the deadlines are, are very obvious and, and there are steps to build towards to send an email, for example. You have to have mm-hmm. the design and the code. So you can, you can sequence those out. For things that are not as obvious on when the deadline is, I kind of do the typical uh, shirt sizing model here, right? So if there's a project, okay. I, if it's a small project and you know, it can get a little bit of a win out of it, I'll, I'll just try to knock it out. You know, I, I want okay. my list to be to be smaller. And if it's a large project and it really needs some focus and multiple hours, you know, I have to wait till I'm in that kind of perfect, not perfect, but a, a, a good mind state to start going, knowing that it's going to take quite a bit of time and I'm not going to get it done all all right away. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So one question about um, managing the time: Do you think in terms of days or do you think in terms of weeks when it comes to work? I think days. Okay. It's there's there's a lot coming in uh, every day, and and I often I joke with my wife because we you know we share calendars and and she okay. sees my my calendar and usually on Friday if you look at the next week there's a lot of openings in my calendar and it doesn't look too okay. busy, and then by the time I hit Monday I've got Tuesday <laughs> all full and Wednesday all full, so a lot of things are coming in that feel sort of last minute. And I don't know if that's just because we're a, uh, a new company, you know, a younger company facing uh, that's client facing or, or why that is, but it's hard for me to get out of the, the current week um, and, and think much further, further beyond that. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, so we'll, uh, I have like a few questions going in my head right now. Let me uh, put them one by one. First, Talking about this notion stuff that you have, this is something that you have picked up from some somebody, or is is it something that you're developing on your own from scratch? Uh, where did this 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 um, practice begin at? 
it's really something we've developed on our own. You know, when we started Scalero, when it was just my co-founder and I, we we then started to add a designer and a developer, and we were just trying to figure out the best way to communicate with them. And we tried a couple of project management tools, and we just liked Notion's flexibility um, okay. the best. So. You know, we have Slack integrations, for example. So when we create a ticket and assign it to somebody, you know, they'll get notified on Slack. And it just, it took out that extra layer where we had to say, hey, new ticket for you. Like we get, we got to get rid of that. So that works pretty well. And then we also use Notion for, to track the work we're doing for clients to see. So all of this is is open for clients and we have pages that we've created for clients for them to see what emails are live and what we're working on. So it's really just a super transparent uh, system and we've just found that 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 works well and it it creates a lot of trust between our our clients and us. Oh, great! Uh, and not talking about mistakes, what mistakes do you think you have been making or you made some time back regarding time management? I am I, I'm sure like uh, all of us are in that place where we feel ah, I could have done it better. I could have focused over here a little bit better. Uh, maybe regarding priorities, managing time. Uh, do you can you recall any mistakes that you have made recently? Uh, yes. I mean, I think every, every day I'm making, making some sort of time management mistake, right? If, if, okay. if I always have this long to-do list, <laughs> you know, there's always <laughs> things to do. So, uh, I, like I said, I'm an inbox zero type of guy. So anytime I'm yeah. out at zero, it's, 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 just, it's stressful for me. Okay. No, I think for me, when, when I started Scalero, you know, my background was in e-commerce retail operations, I wasn't necessarily an email expert. I, I knew about email okay. strategy. I didn't know about the the ins and outs of email, the technical aspects of email. And so I've had to learn a lot about that. And there were many, many moments, there still are many moments where I'm I'm educating myself and I'm a lot of times spinning my wheels trying to learn something. I might spend two hours on a project that okay. if I had just asked a developer to do, it's maybe 10 minutes of their time. And, it, and sometimes I, I have trouble finding the balance between okay, is this a good learning experience for me or am I wasting time and I don't need to learn this or I just need to learn how it's done and someone else can actually yep. do it? Is that yep. more efficient for everybody? So I think it's almost like a uh, trying to trying to become an expert when maybe I don't need to be an expert. You know, I can learn 75% okay. and that can be really efficient um, versus learning to get to 100%. And I'm I sometimes still spend too much time trying to get to that 100%. Got it. And what is the last thing that you learned? I mean, at work or maybe just a, a new hobby or something that you thought, hey, let me spend some time over here learning this new thing. Interesting question. Yeah. You know, we, we're we growing. We're still small, but we're growing, right? So we're at 10 people yes. now and we were only at three or four people uh, six months ago or so. And one thing I'm learning is that as we all work from home, Yes. Things can get very stale and 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 okay. repetitive, and it's it's my job as one of the co-founders of the business to to keep people engaged and keep people excited, and so right. I've been trying out all of these different tools over the last couple months that are like a spontaneous trivia game in Slack or okay. you know a, a monthly perk where the whole company gets access to Headspace or Calm or an app like that, trying out these things to keep people interested and engaged and, and something different, mix up the day. And that's probably something I, I was not prepared for. 
you know, because I'm just so focused on the business. And, and for me, yes. I don't, it's, it's, it's my, I'm one of the co-founders. I, my motivation yes. is obvious. I want this business to succeed, but for, for others, there are other ways to motivate and, and I'm learning what those are and, and, and trying to get better at that. Wow. Wow. This is incredible. I think uh, we all are learning uh, new, new things uh, every single day, but I think uh, the, the jump of going physical company to a remote company was, uh, was uh, a lot was a big hurdle for a lot of people i mean but now it's it's almost been an year so uh, we we have uh, found a nice place where we have found the balance and the way to work so this is fantastic will um, and this is my next question is something that i have been meaning to ask for last 20 minutes i i was just holding on to it so you mentioned something about uh, the best email that worked i wanted to know about any email camping that you did that backfired Another Vivino uh, example when we were there, okay. um, we accidentally sent an email to the entire database around the world, which was like 30 million people or something okay. at the time in, in Danish. The entire email was in Danish, uh, oh. <laughs> which is not, not a language that's very easy to, to yes. read and understand uh, regardless. So that was a, a pure, pure panic move from everyone in the company. Uh, and then oh. some, uh, wondering what happened here. And, and, you know, in the end it was what we learned from it is it had an incredible, uh, click through rate. Actually people clicked cause okay. they were like, what is this? Why am I getting <laughs> curious? This? Okay. Um, so yeah. So the lesson in that is, you know, keep your subscribers on their toes. You know, I talked about okay. being relevant and, and personalized, but <laughs> once in a while, just throw something out there that totally, totally throws them off their game and, and, and they'll still wonder what that is. So that, that was the positive to, uh, to come out of that, that email. Oh, this is interesting. So, um, uh, so they definitely clicked on the email because they were curious what this is about, but did they eventually, uh, convert it like, uh, uh, to some of your goals after clicking on the email or did they realize, Oh, this was a mistake. Let me get out uh, and let me get off it, off it. There were a lot more conversions than you'd expect. A lot more people bought wine from this Danish email than uh, oh, than, than you ever would have guessed. Oh wow! Oh, I mean, I mean, um, this is something that everybody should do <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not to that extreme, but uh, yeah, throw, throw something a little crazy out there and see, see if people like it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Will. Uh, Will, we are towards the end of the magical section of the, our interview. So this is the part where I, where I ask this one uh, magical question. So if magically you found one additional hour every day for the rest of your life, how would you spend this additional hour? Well, my, my first answer is, is boring, right? I would, I would okay. have more time to grow the company. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not... Uh, when you say the rest of your life, you know, that might change my answer a little bit, but you know, in general, okay. I, I, we spend so much time on client work that uh, I want to spend more time growing the company. So that's my, my short-term answer. My long-term answer would be just to, just to be outside more. You know, I, I live in California. The weather is, is pretty good most of the time. And if I could just be outside for one more hour each day, um, I think my, my mental health would be much stronger. Uh, and okay you know, I'd, I'd be much more productive. So I'd find a way to get outside. 
Oh, this is this is great. This is great. Thank you so much, Will. Uh, I really like how you uh, phased out your answer in short term and long term, which is fantastic. Uh, Will, uh, we are towards the end of our interview. If somebody wants to follow along your journey, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yes, uh, our website is scalero. io. So s c a l e r o. io, and then uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Will Pearson there, uh, and I'll be happy to uh, chat with anybody. I'll put both of those links uh, as clickable links, both in the show notes of the podcast and in the blog post. Um, so anybody, if um, anybody is there, they can just directly click on them and directly reach out to you. Thank you so much, Will. So that was Will, everybody, uh, uh, sharing how he uses Notion and uh, how he multitasks throughout the day and how he thinks in terms of days, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Will, for your time on this podcast. It it was such an interesting conversation. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed chatting with you. 